Dr. Joe? Matt. What a week. <laughs> what a great week. I had a ball. Well, we're, it was really super. We're at I worked really hard, but it was so much fun. We put in a lot of hours. I uh, was just thinking that just uh, before I came downstairs for, to do the podcast of how how much fun it was. And, and you know, I, I feel r- so fortunate that my work is really fun. Yeah. After we got done, you, you, that's a theme I, I see with you at the tail end of things. Every time we got done, you know, people m- might have been in the locker room lamenting a three putt or worried about a couple double bogeys. You would come in and you'd look us all in the eye and say, man, that was fun. Yes, that was fun. Absolutely. You know, we, uh, let's see, we played uh, Butler National. I played with your uncle, Chris, yep. uh, and David Lind, the president of the club. And a young student of mine, Addison Davenport, who just, <coughs> excuse me, just graduated um, from Northwestern. So uh, we just had a ball, and and David was trash talking us the the whole time. And one of my favorite things was, he said, "You can't get in my head. You know, it, it's a it's a steel trap. It's a metal safe with three inch thick walls." And and I said, "That's true. And even if you could get in." There's nothing in there to mess with. So, <laughs> so we, we, you know, you know when golfers are having a good time because we, we needle each other a little bit and, you know, and tease each other a little bit. But that's part of the fun of the game. It really is part of the fun of the game. And, and, and I know you um, appreciate kind of my credo, um, which is golfers think that if only I'd play better, I'd enjoy it more. And it actually works the other way around. If you'd enjoy it more, you'd play better. And I, I think that's the, the the piece that it's your credo, and it's the thing that spoke so boldly to all of our members. But it's uh, it's what we want to embody as a golf society. You know, yes, why, why we get, new club. We, we don't get that's people right. together for uh, you know to shoot our best scores. We get people together to have fun and to en- enjoy being out in nature and a walk and some camaraderie. And it was great when we had the uh, Stinger tournament on Saturday. Uh, we had the uh, Hickory Challenge, so we had some Hickory irons to hit into a par three. We had the we only broke one of those, by the way. Thought we had the uh, Persimmon long drive, and the guy who hit his lo- the long drive with the Persimmon club, it was one of his longest drives of the day. Yeah. He said, I'm, "Maybe I'm going to get some persimmons, <laughs> get back, get back in the game." And it, it is, you know, I'm, I'm a what Harvey Pennant called a seasoned golfer, not a senior golfer, but a seasoned golfer. Um, the uh, the sound of the club coming off a persimmon club is it, it's just different, you yeah. know, it, and uh, it's something that we miss. I I have a kind of radical theory because I I lament some of the older courses and and venerable traditional courses kind of kind of are out of play for the long hitting because of the balls and the clubs uh and and everything and you know I just wonder what the game would be like if it followed the baseball model which is if you're going to play professionally um the clubs, any club that you hit that's wider than about a half an inch is is going to be made of wood, and whatever the name on your ball, it's going to be filled with rubber bands and covered in balata. <laughs> so uh, you know, then then we'd be playing the same game. Is it? It's balata. It's 
Balata, balata or Balata? I've always said Balata. Whatever. <laughs> it's Balata, Balata, or Balata. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> it's it's three A's, and you're going to accent one of them, and, uh, you know, whichever one you want. I love B-A-L-A-T-A, Balata. You know... <laughs> I guess we are having fun. We are. We're at, I mean, it's, this follows the discussions we've had most of the week. Um, the, you said something really interesting today. We played a, like you like to use, a venerable site in Flossmore Country Club. Beautiful Flossmore. You loved it, right? Yeah, it was great. What did we play? We played Butler National, and then I taught lessons with Kyle Alderink, the director of instruction at Royal Melbourne yep. on Thursday. We played Hawthorne Woods Friday, uh, Stonebridge Saturday, and Flossmoor today. That's a good. That's a good rota. A lot it of was variety. A great rota. A lot of great variety rota. And all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said something I, I never really put together, and this might be basic for the architecture students that, mm-hmm. that hear out out there. But uh, tell me what you shared with me about the bunkering. We were talking about classic old courses and, right. and, and that type of architecture. But that that followed. Uh, a course management tip that I gave you, and and that is, we were talking. Ab- you were asking me about um, uh, planning shots and and dispersion. and dispersion patterns, and you showed me a diagram that was kind of a, a curved rectangle, but it, it the rectangle was um, each side of the rectangle was equal distant to the T, and I said that's not how dispersion patterns go, because uh, for um, every golfer, if you pull a shot, it it goes longer, yeah. and if you slice it and slice or push a shot, it goes shorter. So for right-handed golfers, it's a diagonal oval is your real dispersion pattern. That's what I call it, the diagonal oval, which is long left and short right. So it's diagonal across the fairway or across the green. Now, if that you have that diagonal oval, the classic old course architects if you look at many of the fairways the the fairway bunkering is there's a bunker short right and there's a bunker long left and that's to catch the short pushes get caught by the front bunker and the long pulls get caught by the the back bunker yeah it's it's so simple and and you start thinking about all the places you've played and you're like yeah wow most of those places follow that pattern um almost every a good or very good golfer knows that if you pull a shot, it goes longer, and if you push it, you know because <clears throat> you it means that you shut the club face, which delofted it, and maybe has hook spin, which goes farther. And if you push slice, then you open the club face, so it's more loft, and a, a cut on it, and it goes shorter. So there's your dispersion pattern. Yeah. If you want to shoot at the green know that if it's a back left pin, you better not make the pin the center of your dispersion pattern because if you pull it, you're long and left, and usually that's not so good. Yeah, it, Stuff like that we heard all week, which was so cool to hear in Thank person. You. you know, we're, uh, we have your audio books, and we've obviously gifted Zen Golf to all of our members. Um, but to, to hear it live, I heard a lot of things for the first time, so much so that I'd have to pull out the phone and write a few down. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of them varied whoever you were talking to right (coughs) whoever the student is you were um applying it to their game but a few of them i I wrote down that i heard a couple times yeah but i want to say something about that because there are a lot of 
a lot of teachers that have kind of a can program that, you know, one size fits all. Um, but I want to customize what I'm doing to every student. And I want them to know that I don't have an investment in them doing everything that I say. And I also can't promise that the first thing we try is going to work. It's more like an experiment, more like we're, we're painting a painting. It's more like art than a, a cooking recipe. So um, this goes way back to 2002 when I started working with VJ. Um, and, and we started by, he asked me to walk uh, nine holes with him in a practice round at Riviera. And we walked and I made some comments and I made some suggestions. And on the eighth hole, he said, okay, what's your program? And my answer was, you're my program. Whatever you need, that's what I want to give you. Whatever the program is, what you need that's going to make you play better. And so he said, okay, we're on. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, so so these items that I heard a few times, maybe we should put a caveat onto them, that you should probably see doc before you know getting your full assessment and and understand what's good for your game but i did hear a couple a few times so i wanted to ask if Mm -hmm. you share them with uh our listeners sure so so one that you shared for my personal game that made an immediate difference uh was two consistence that you see in all great putters um and i think it boils down to hold your finish hold your posture yes so explain that yeah this is to uh, for me a universal I've never had a student who didn't say who who said this made anything worse about their putting, and almost everyone has said it improved their putting, uh, and that is hold your finish. A, a lot of uh, players uh, and hold the finish means the farthest point that the putter gets in in the follow through, you stop it right there. Most players recoil either from a little bit or a lot. I, I had one player uh, in, in the playing lesson who said, you know, people see little marks in the green because I finish my stroke and the putter drops down and there's a little putter indent, back of the putter indentation in the green. That's, that's how little he held the finish. And the principle is if you recoil, it's almost like you're getting ready to pull the putter back and you don't really get through it and, and I don't like to say accelerate through the putt, but um, uh, maintain your velocity through the stroke to the end. Now, the other thing about holding the finish is you're going to look at that finish. And if you know you're going to look at the finish subconsciously, you don't finish way to the left or way to the right or, or with the heel turned under or the toe turned over you get to as good a finish as you can get to. So it always improves your stroke to hold the finish that way. The other thing is, you if your intention is to hold the finish, then that's your first project. And you don't turn to look until the putter stops moving forward. So you hold the finish, then there's a beat, and then you turn, you turn your head underneath to track. And that is the second principle, which is hold your posture. Hold your finish, hold your posture. Now, if you lift your head up to look, for most people, their head is attached to their body. I know it doesn't seem that way all the time. My fiance tends to say that mine isn't. Yours isn't, but (laughs) but for for most people, their head is attached to their body. So if they lift their head, their shoulders come up, and that means their posture changes. And if you do that too soon, it's a common expression, you come up out of the putt. So you've decelerated and topped your putt. 
could that be why you leave a lot of them short? Mm, that 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 could really be it. So if you uh, so instead of lifting your head up to look, if you turn your head under to look and really turn your chin, and it's almost like the top of your head goes down and your chin goes up, your posture stays the same. Um, I have a video of Tiger Woods rolling a 45-foot putt on a very fast green. He holds his finish, holds his posture for 10 full seconds. That's a long time to hold that posture. So um, you hold your posture until the ball stops moving, and then you stand up. Because if you start doing it sooner, you'll start doing it sooner, 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 and then you'll start doing it as you're stroking the putt. Hold your finish, hold your posture, and I, I say hold your finish and then turn to track, turn your head under to track. Yeah. It, it, A universal. Yeah. And, and we had our uh, uh, team tournament on Saturday. I gave a little putty cl- putting clinic, and two of the people who, not everybody, out of 50 people, maybe 10 came to do the little putting clinic, and two, two of the ones that they won the tournament. Yeah, no, the two, the two that were most intent and and tuning in, uh, they did end up winning at the end of the day. Chris Bozier. So that was fun to see that. It's nice Uh, fun to see results. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we. Uh, we try to detach from the results, but it's fun to, to make a birdie. Afterwards, it's fun to see them. You <laughs> want to detach beforehand yeah. and then afterwards enjoy and appreciate. But that's a lot of what, what we worked on on the course. Um, we, You and I just talked about uh, a hole in the course that, that we played today. It was 105 yards, shortest hole in the course. You said, I was a little frustrated. I made a, a bogey on the easiest hole, and I said, Clearly, it wasn't the easiest hole because you made birdies and, and, and pars on other holes. So it was the shortest hole, but it wasn't, it wasn't the easiest hole. And you revealed that your intention, you said, hey, I got a, a wedge in my hand. I, 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 got, I can make birdie. You can't make birdie from the tee. Right? You can make eagle on a par three from the tee if you get a hole in one, but you can't make birdie from the tee. You can only make birdie after on your second shot. So what are you doing thinking about the results of your second shot before you play your first shot? And, and that's really so, – so don't think about the results. Now, had you hit that first shot on the green and rolled the putt in, celebrate, man, birdie, on, a, on what turned out to be a tough hole because – That pin placement. W- the pin placement. We all, three, we all three putted because and, – and, and, and Mark rolled a putt that on, a, on an ordinary green would have rolled one inch by and it rolled six feet by. Right. That's how steep that hole was cut. Really. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and come on, it's not, it's not a, don't get ahead of yourself. That's one of my messages. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that was such a good lesson for me today. It really was because licking my chest. You didn't get thinking, the lesson until we talked about it afterwards. Th- that's right. And I didn't, you said, oh, yeah, it was a little frustrating because I'm looking at Birdie. I'm licking my chops before I tee it off. And I went, what are you doing doing that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you went, oh, 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 guess I shouldn't. Another whack. We were calling those, we were <laughs> calling those right. the doc whacks this week for, right. for wisdom, the whack of wisdom. Whack of wisdom. <laughs> uh, another yeah, one that a, I – You get a little, a, little, a little wake-up call, that's all. Just a little wake-up call. Right. And that's, that's where we get closer to enlightenment, I hope. That's right. Um, that's what I always do when. That was something that yeah, – That's how I always hit it. When. That's how I always hit it. When that was something we heard repeatedly throughout the week, 
uh, through playing lessons. The more, groups. the better, because that means you hit a good shot. That means the groups are playing well. But but share with uh, with our folks what what that is in the spirit of it, because I think it's really really again simple but powerful. Well, I don't think people enjoy their good shot so much. You know, especially if you work on your game a lot and you hit a good shot, you sort of have this like, yeah, well, that's that's how it's supposed to turn out. But that's not very emotionally satisfying. That's how it's supposed to turn out. Um, and and why is it that we don't get to enjoy the good ones, but we agonize and get miserable over the bad ones? The, it's it's not a, an even balance. Um, and I work with some pros that are really, really frustrated. And if it isn't perfect, they're frustrated with it. When they hit a good shot, they go, yeah, but that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm a pro. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I said, you know, well, then what do you get as a special reward? And I said, a good bounce? You know, <laughs> you know come on. Why don't, you, why don't you appreciate yourself and appreciate the work that you've done and say, yeah, that's, that's what I get. Out of, out of the work that I put in. So what I like to have players say when they hit a really good shot, first of all, and, and Mark knows this, watch it, watch it the whole way and, and imprint that image and say, oh yeah, oh baby, that felt really, that felt great, you know? <laughs> Sometimes it feels up. so good, I said, oh, that felt so good, I feel like having a cigarette afterwards. Oh, was it, I yelled to my ball, was it good for you? because <laughs> you know? it was great for me and and i mean that's how good it feels when we hit a great shot so enjoy it and appreciate it and and what you want to do is you want to reinforce that positive and pick out something simple in how you prepared for the shot or 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 committed to the 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 performance of the shot not the technical thing so the first half is what you just said that's how i always hit it when if you hear yourself say, that's how I always hit it, how good does that feel? When you hit a great shot and say, hey, that's how I always hit it. That's my game. It's, it's a compliment that you pay yourself, and we pay ourselves so little compliments, so much criticism. You know, uh, golfers are great critics, and, and usually negative criticism. So instead, say something positive, that's how I always hit it, and then add on when... And add something simple, like one of the students today was, uh, he was pulling across in his follow-through, so we had him swinging out a little more, and his setup wasn't great, and, and he improved his setup. So we had him say, that's how he always hit it when I set up well and swing out. And what he started to feel like was he didn't have to think about any other anything else in technique. He said, and his confidence, you could see his confidence grow it. and grow and grow. And he said, okay, I'm set up well. Hey, all I got to do, he take a practice swing? He said, yep, swing out. And he'd rip it. And he had, a, he had more good shots than he'd hit in a long time. Only because he was kept reinforcing his confidence and made it simple. Yeah, I, I did that with the pro that we were working with, and he said, what did he say? I was, he, <laughs> he said, I was rattled by how I was simple it was. <laughs> rattled by how simple it was because uh, he, he had pulled a couple of shots, and, and I said, what did it feel like? He said, well, I, I felt like I didn't get my legs moving. He said, get your legs moving. And he did his practice swing, and he said, I said, how would that have turned out? He said, good. I said, then that's your simple swing key. And he hit a great drive, and I said, here's what I want you to say. That's how I always hit it when I get my legs moving. And he smoked it the rest of the round. Yeah. And that's what he said, this is rattling me a little bit. 
I don't think it's supposed to be this simple. Yeah. But it was, and it, and it is. So the other thing is we pick out so much that's wrong. You know, you hit one to the left, a right-hander to the left in the woods, and you go, oh, I pulled it. That's not news to anybody in the foursome, <laughs> right? They didn't think, oh, they didn't think, oh, he was, I thought he was trying to hit it in the woods. Nobody thinks you tried to hit it in the woods. Everybody knows you pulled it so easy on the announcements, okay? We, <laughs> that's not news to us. Yeah, PSAs okay? don't We, we know you pulled it. Why do you have to say that, okay? Now, you could say, oh, man, I hit that really solid. I smoked that, but boy, did I pull it. And then, then, then you say you pulled it. And then this is what I want you to do. I want you to erase and replace. I want you to stay there. And I sent Matt, I sent Matt back onto the tee a couple of times. I said, he, he walked off and he said, well, that was close. And I said, oh, not so fast. Yes, I want you to say that was close. But I want you to, if it was just close, I want you to make the swing you wish you had made, which is the erase, the, the bad one, the one you didn't like so much, and replace it with the one you you like <clears throat> then you leave every spot with a good swing which gives you a positive attitude for your next shot it, 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 it's the hardest the poke shot routine is the hardest discipline but uh, i think you've seen all week it is maybe more important than the pre-shot routine i was gonna just but say it definitely that. feeds into the pre-shot routine and if you hit a real stinker go where did that come from that's not me yeah what got in the way there wow where and and you can say where was my head what was I thinking? And usually it's, I was thinking of not hitting it left, so I pushed it right, or not hitting it right, so I pulled it left. Or, or the wind is blowing, I better swing hard. Yeah, that's bright. Um, <laughs> how, how well does that work out? Uh, or help it in the air, or some other not helpful thought. And when you realize that, you say, I don't need to do that. And you replace it with the swing you want to make, and you say, I just got to stay within, play within, play my game, stay with it. And, and stay within myself. Yeah. Uh, Is that, that helpful? Oh, my gosh. Those are the three post-shot routines. A great shot. Doc, that's if, how that I if that mic weren't attached to the thing, I'd ask you to drop it because that's a mic drop, uh, one after that's the it. next, dropping knowledge you on us. You got it. it. Uh, Close, and where did that come from? In it, it, every time you leave the T, with those <coughs> two simple philosophies and practices, you, you leave the T with a positive, positive image. And I... And I you know, it, it does feel a little weird, I will say, going back to the, well, in my case, going back to the tee because I tried to walk off early. Or staying on the tee. Or staying on the tee. And making another swing. And making another swing. But it, you, you cannot, it's almost difficult to go back to that negative swing when you, let, when you leave with a positive one. It's, That's it's right. all, Like you say, erase and replace. And, and, I, and you made a good point there, and it has another purpose, that erase and replace. And that is, you can't make the swing you wish you made if you're emo still emotionally worked up over the, the bad one. So take a breath, calm down, and I like to say you can't hit it straight if you're bent out of shape. So, so instead, take a breath and say, I need to work this out. I need to resolve this before I leave. Mm -hmm. And if you resolve it before you leave, then you're not leaving saying, I'm not sure what I did to make that bad one, so the next one I gotta try to not hit a bad shot. Or you're just mumbling and, and pissed off at yourself, and then you don't do your proper routine on the next one because you you, you know what you do, you're doing? You don't do your proper routine to punish yourself for what a bad job you did on the last one. So that's two bad shots in a row because I hit a bad shot, I don't deserve to hit another good one, so I'm going to hit another bad one. This is not a helpful psyche. 
So this cuts that pattern by simply saying, you know what I'm going to do? Okay, take a breath. I'm really pissed off about that shot, but I'm not leaving here until I resolve what happened and I'm and I replace it. And it might take two or three to replace it, but once you get and you've seen me take two or three, <laughs> and once you get it, you go, ah, there, that's the one. Oh, now I know what I did, and you can feel the difference. Now I know what I need to focus on in my pre-shot. Um, man, there's another one that I saw make an immediate impact on multiple people. I actually got some comments on it because I think we mentioned it before the Stinger event got started, and that's the idea of sending the ball versus hitting the ball. Tell us about that. How many high handicappers do you see make kind of good-looking practice swings, and then they step up to the enemy? And the and the the knuckles around the grip get white, and the club comes back, and they swing down at the ball like they're chopping wood. We've seen that a lot, right? Okay, they make the mistake of thinking that the ball is the target of their swing. The purpose of the swing is not to hit at the ball. If you're hitting at the ball, that's where the swing stops, and you're more likely to hit it if you swing straight down at it and chop at it than if you than if you swing from the side. So that's what produces these over-the-top chop at it swings. But instead, if you have the notion that the purpose of the swing is to send the ball toward the target, that changes the whole energy because you can't send the ball towards the target if you're hitting chopping down at the ball. You have to come from behind and be swinging out to the target. And I have given that instruction is just change what the purpose of your swing is in your mind. And I've seen an incredible swing change from high handicappers. It, uh, without telling them anything about how they're physically swinging the club. Yeah, the, the uh, <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> through this week, if you think about it, you uh, you rattled a PGA professional, you know, how, how simple things were. You got In a positive way, rattled. It was positive. a good positive. He was, he was shocked he was from happy, a great though. point. Um, a, a 32 handicap, Happer made her first birdie. Ever, that's right. Which I made double in that same hole, so that's pretty uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, and you, oh, you so had, it you was had a an easy hole for her and a hard hole for you. What I thought you know? it was easy on the tee. I, maybe I just need to stop. <laughs> I, the easy I, thing has to go away. Oh, I Obviously think so. it's done. I, but I double all the easy ones. Um, <laughs> but, and then, and then a beginner, you got a beginner to, uh, disassociate, you know, their value with score and, mm-hmm. and just get out there. And they started playing immensely better just from, uh, focusing on the other things on the process on the process, the results. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's one of the sayings. If you worry about results, you're at war with yourself. That, I, that came up from Christy Kerr and working with her. She likes acronyms, so that was her, her acronym. Uh, and, and as long as you, uh, you focus on the process, your pre-shot routine, your post-shot routine, and how you execute, you know, your job from putting to, to from the, the last putt to the, from the first tee shot to the last putt, your job is is not to make the shot come out it's to get the shot started that's all you can do and if you get it started it's the ball's job to come out where you want it to <laughs> but you your your job is to get it started and if you focus on that instead of how it's supposed to turn out all the interference goes away i i faded one today into the right rough with a great shot and you said good shot and i think i said oh, i just faded a little bit too much and you you said uh, no, it didn't. 
the wind just blew it. And I didn't even notice that the wind is howling out of the left. In my mind, my negative focused mind, I said, I faded it. And you're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you faded, said you faded too much. And I said, no, you faded it just right, but the wind pushed it into the rough. And it was just yeah. so, wh why I felt like I had to blame myself before you know, looking at the other factors that are out of my control. And that, 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 that's why sending it to me uh, makes such a huge difference because I, I can't control the wind. I can't control what that ball does once it leaves, once I send it. That's right. But that's my job. My job is to send it and let it let be okay with the result regardless. Yep. Because it started right where you aimed it and it did not move that much until it hit its apex and started to slow down. And as soon as a ball starts to lose velocity, the wind, that's when the wind affects it the most. Yeah. And it's the same thing on the greens. As soon as the ball starts to slow down, that's when gravity or grain affects it the most. So, so you need to see your putts move. A, a big breaking putt often, especially an uphill one, is straight for a long time before it starts to turn. Then it turns a little, and at the end, then it really hooks over. So don't see a general, a gentle curve. See straight and then the turn. Based, you know, That's on an uphill putt. Uphill putts act like fountains. You know, the water goes straight as long as it's propelled, and as it starts to slow down, then it turns to go back down. But downhill putts are more like rivers, and that is uh, the water curves, the, the tributary of a river curves until it gets to the mainstream, and then it's straight down towards the ocean. So a downhill putt will curve until it finds the fall line, and the fall line is the line where a putt will roll straight. So once it finds that line, it's going to roll straight. That's why you see pros you know hitting putts and 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 they turn and turn and turn and then stop turning and they played it to keep breaking and they move that gesture with their hand where it of turning why didn't it turn why didn't it turn because it found the fall line and then headed straight down so if you have a curving downhill putt try to find the fall line you can go go below the hole and stand there as like you're a catcher and, and where would a, a, a ball or water pouring down the green come straight into the hole? And then track, track that back from there and go back and, and putt to the point where the ball is going to find that fall line and then just keep rolling down by itself. Curving and then straight on a downhill, straight and then curving on an uphill. The uh, putting green, we had a lot of breakthroughs <laughs> this week. Uh, visual, visual, visualization. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Clearly not. Visualization. You uh, Do you remember what you shared with somebody that told you, I can't visualize, Doc? Well, that's actually in a chapter in Zen Golf called In Your Mind's Eye. Yep. And, we had it, and it came from a lesson. And this guy said, I, you know, I, 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 had, uh, I was with three other players on the front nine, and then I joined him and two others on the back nine. And I said, what's the issue? You know, what, what's your issue? And he said, I, I just three-putted four times on the front nine. And I said, what is it? He said, I can't visualize. I can't visualize the, the putt. And I said, that's okay. A lot of people can't visualize. If you could visualize, what do you think this putt would do? He said, well, I think it'd roll straight for a little bit, and then, then it, as it hits this, this kind of high point, it'd start to curve down, and then it'd roll down into the, into the hole. I said, congratulations, you just visualized it. <laughs> he said, what? That's visualizing? I said, he said, I didn't see it like a movie, and I didn't see a big yellow, like a paintbrush, you know. And I said, those are always, some people might think they visualize, but it's however you visualize in your mind's eye, however you would 
uh, imagine. So I like imagining rather than visualizing. How do you imagine that what that putt's going to do? Everybody has some imagination, right? I imagine that it's going to go straight up to near where that old ball mark is, and then it's going to start turning, and uh, then it's going to slow down as it nears the hole. Good, come, great, you did it, you did your visualization. I want to, I want to make it a little more precise and say, it, when the ball goes in, at what point on the hole do you think it's going to go in? And I, I like to use, imagine the hole is a clock face with six o'clock right at you, twelve o'clock at the far point, and a, a right to left breaking putt is going to come in somewhere between six and three. I actually have, the other day I hit a putt that went in at uh, uh, one o'clock. It curled all the way around and came back down and, in, and you know, it rolled along the rim, along the edge of the cup, and then fell in way up at the top. But that's pretty rare. In general, they come in between 3 and 6 o'clock. Now, 3 o'clock means it's coming in straight sideways into the hole. That's a big break. Yeah. So, so if you see it that way, so you see the point on the hole is going to come in, then track backward to the ball, and you can see what path it needs to take and then your job is only to get it started like a straight putt on the starting line of that path and then hope you read it right and as as a right-handed golfer i tend to see right to left breaks so well and i've always known that i just i have a harder time finding the left to right breaks for whatever reason but you you dropped some wisdom on so what what do you give (laughs) this is this is very unusual and i don't know anybody else who teaches this um, but it came up with a student who said, absolutely can't see it. And he said, um, and I don't know, really know how it came to me, but I said, if you were on the other side of the ball. So what I did was, now in, in general, right-handed golfers see right to left putts better because it's kind of the way that we swing the club around our body. It's the right. same shape as a, full, as a swing that we take. We bring it, we bring it inside, bring it back. So we're used to it going out to the right and then coming back to the left. But we don't see that. It, it's contrary to that path the other way. But lefty golfers see left to right putts easier. So I had him, I said, turn, turn around at the ball, come from the other side of the ball, set the back of your putter to the ball as if you were a lefty, and then look. And he said, I see it. <laughs> there it is. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe how he, uh, for sure, I see it. I said, okay, so keep that in mind. Now slowly inch yourself back around, still, you know, holding the vision. Can you still see it? He said, yes, I can still see it. And he rolled some beautiful putts. And he said, oh, that, that is a game changer. And, and I did that with one of my students, um, uh, a high school student who's going over, who went over to Ireland. There's a camp that I teach called the Kerry Cup. Uh, it's for low handicap students who want to get to uh, high-performing Ivy League type, high academic Ivy League type schools. Um, we have, I think we have 80 kids coming this summer. I'm, I'm actually going there uh, 10 days after I go back from this trip. But this was something that was an issue for him. And he just started putting tremendously, tremendously better and ended up winning the tournament. Wow. Yeah. And, and these things are, are, I would never come up with that on my own, obviously. And to get myself to step to the other side of the ball to do that, it seems odd. It seems silly. But, you know, give this stuff a chance is all I can tell people because you will see that line if you struggle with that. You did I saw it. that. You I did it. Yeah, I was doing it on the putting green this morning. And I go, oh, my 
gosh, how is this? <laughs> this is sorcery. This isn't real. <laughs> but doesn't it make sense? That's how lefties see it. It does. For whatever. So why wouldn't you yeah. see it? If you were a lefty, that's what you'd see. Yeah. And obviously for lefties, I have them go around to the right side and do the, <laughs> do the same thing. Um, the other, con- oh, you, you shared. Oh, we came up with a triangle. That happened this week. There you go. That's something that's not in any book because I saw you come up with it in, in person. So tell, tell us what the triangle yeah. is. Um, the, uh, I had a player who, uh, sometimes there's a perceptual issue with alignment. Not sometimes. A lot of times there's a perce- perceptual issue. One of the perceptual issues is people think the center, the sweet spot of the putter is right behind the middle of the ball but it's at, the ball's actually out towards the toe. And they can't understand why they keep leaving putts short. It's because they've hit every putt they've ever hit off the toe of the putter. Even, whether it's a quarter of an inch or a half an inch, but it's somewhere off the toe of the putter. So that's a perceptual illusion. Are your eyes over the ball? How many people, almost every instructor will tell you they've seen this. You say, are your eyes over the ball? And they say, yep, eyes are right over the ball. And you, you hold a, a putter shaft or an alignment rod right right from between their eyes and let it hang straight down six inches inside the ball. Can't believe it. I said, what do you think you are, Keegan Bradley? You know, <laughs> you know how he reaches way yeah, out for his putting? Okay, I, I step, step in and uh, the optical illusion is they think they're over the ball, so you ha- they actually have to have their, feel like their eyes are over the toe of the putter. And, and they set the putter and sometimes their stance is very closed or very open and they don't realize it. So I said, here's what I had a player like that. And I said, here's what I want you to do. Set the putter, and I want the putter head to be the point of a triangle, and I want each of your toes to be the other two points of the triangle, and I want you to make it an equilateral triangle, which means same distance between the, the, he, the center of the putter, left toe, right toe. And if it is, then you're guaranteed that the line between your toes is parallel to the face of the putter. And it was it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's not the we tested it, it, it with multiple people. It doesn't it. work for everybody. Right. But nothing works for everybody. But for somebody for especially for for a, a high handicap or a beginner and if they're looking for a, a simple neutral alignment, there's your neutral alignment. Yeah. Now it means your weight has to be equally balanced between your two feet. If you putt with your weight way off onto your front foot, then the triangle is much more shifted. The point, the putter is much more shifted to the left. So this is just if your weight's equally balanced. Yeah. Make a triangle. You, it's it's pretty much guaranteed you're aimed well. Man, this stuff is too good. Um, <laughs> we're not going to keep you all night though, Doc. I, uh, the fellow competitor, uh, mm. comments that you made at the Stinger. Um, I, I thought it was uh, perfect for the, the stage. You know, we just got done with a full day of competition. For the all new club to, tournament that we had. That's right, for the new club event. And we, we have a new club uh, season-long match play that mm-hmm. leads to the club championship at the Dunes Club. So we're always playing competition. We're always competing, right. which I think is a, a good principle of, of a good golf society and definitely the one that we yes. want at new club. But tell us what the ideals of the, the fellow competitor are. Well, it, it's understanding what your competition is. And in the rules of golf, the um, people that you're, either the the person you're playing with, especially um, in a four ball, the people that you're playing with are not your opponents. They're your fellow competitors. 
That means you are fellow competitors against the golf course. And you're just going to compare cards either after each hole or, or at the end. But you're not playing against each other. You know, you don't get to play defense when the other person's putting. You don't get to try to stand in front. And, and uh, like, like the other team shooting a foul shot, you're not waving all of those things and trying to distract them. You know, I mean, we're, in golf, it's the opposite. Say, hey, quiet, quiet, quiet. It's a, let him putt. We're, we actually want to make it, e- you know, we want to give the other person the best chance that they can if you're a good sp- sportsman. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, so really, it's the, uh, it's the course that you're playing against. And Bobby Jones said this. I, I think I, I have it. I'm pretty sure I have it in Zen Golf that uh, he started winning more match play tournaments when he stopped playing the other guy and started trying to beat old man par. So if he played his best against the course, then that's going to give him the best chance to beat his fellow competitor. Yeah. Yeah, fellow competitor. I mean, that's what we, uh, for the rest of the season, we're going to, I'm going to, you know, shake hands at the end of the green and just thank folks for being fellow competitors because it is fun to compete. It's fun to win matches. Mm -hmm. But in the end, we're all playing the same game against the same course. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, Doc, it's been a long week. I don't know how you're so young and spry. I am tired. Uh, I need to get some. I'm of your only sp- twice as old as you. We figured that out today, right? <laughs> yes, you're exactly, exactly twice exactly. my age. And isn't that the beauty of golf? I know it is. We hang out. I f- I feel. Did younger. you once feel like we had that gap all week? I mean, no, no. It, it's not. not at all. It's it's uh, too. Yeah, pe- I I did when I saw you swing and hit the ball. <laughs> uh, one super Walmart plus parking lot. F- distance from from my good drive to yeah. your good drive yeah so i said is that that super walmart joke you said super walmart plus parking lot thanks i had to add the parking lot too and yeah. it, and it worked but it worked out great because and this is the wonderful thing about golf you gave me a stroke a hole which i needed for the distance and and i hit my second shot and so we were playing so then we're even and we were playing even in and after my second shot I was 30 or 40 yards in front of you. So we ended up hitting the same club in on the second, on what my third shot, your second shot, but my net second shot. So then we were playing in from there. And then it was a fun match. And isn't that great that, you know, uh, somebody can hit it 100 yards past you uh, and you can still have a good match with them. And we had a great match. It was fun. It, it, was, it was an fun. okay match. I don't know. The outcome, something felt off about the... That I won the first one and you won the second one? Come on. Oh, that's a good we point. finished out. tied. That is great. And and you know what? The closeout <laughs> match, we have to wholeheartedly recommend to everybody too. If you lose your match and there's a few holes left, you got to play a new match. No, if you win your match, it would be gracious to offer a new match to your uh, fellow competitor for the remaining holes. Yeah, it's just a, it's a good gesture. Especially good if gesture. you if you've been if you've received strokes, then you offer a return match with a little bit less strokes. <laughs> few, right? few less. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, I got to get better at negotiating my matches on the first tee. I think I'm too nice, Doc. What do you think? I could be a little meaner on the first tee, chop people down from handicaps. No, you know, I think that it's going to inspire you to play better. And um, uh, giving me the two mulligans, I think, that, probably that, wasn't such a good That move. was the straw in the camel's back. <laughs> when you put it in the bunker on 16, and I it was I wanted to pull your club out of your hand and put it in the bag because I thought you forgot about your last mulligan. 
and then you just put it right up there. Man. Yes, that that helped. It was a great match, <laughs> and it was a great week, Doc. And uh, from all of us, New Club, we just want to say thank you for uh, for being here. Thank you for being with us. I mean, uh, this was a really special week. It really was. And, um, and I this think was our introduction. This was our first time in person, and we have been hanging out like we've been doing this for 10, 20 years. You know, and it's that's great. what feels special about our relationship with you, but uh, the game of golf all, yeah. all, all together. And, and that I know is your inspiration for the new club. And, and that is the camaraderie. And that's what's so important. You know, golf's so unique because the, the rules of golf actually don't start with how to play the game. They start with how to conduct yourself on the golf course with the other golfers. And, and so it's really about how you um, spend time together on the golf course and then share in your mutual endeavor to play better against the golf course, but not against each other. 